Good morning, everyone. This is Julian Palumbo and Spirit with us. Today we are continuing on the, our look at the basics for a brand new Christian coming from Derek Prince's Bible course um, for new Christians to get their foundation built for their brand new life. So today we're talking about God's plan of salvation. Now, you might say, well, I just got saved, didn't I? And yes, you probably did if you're listening to this program or you are saved at some point in your life and wanting to grow. But I know for a fact I learned more about salvation after I was saved than before. In the beginning, I was just led to the Lord on the simple idea that he loved me, he wanted to save me from hell, and he loved me so much that he died for me to take that my place so I don't have to go to hell. And I just responded to that love that someone, that a person would do that for me and uh, that would love me that much before I even knew or loved them. And I just was so grateful and I just wanted him in my life. I wanted everything he had to give me. I wanted to give him my life back because he went through so much for me. So that was it. It was very simple. There was so much to learn behind it, though, so I could appreciate my salvation. Um, and that's what we want to talk about a little bit today. So man's sin is his failure to carry out his God-given duty. So man was created to glorify God. He, in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 7, says, chapter 11, verse 7, He, man, is the image and glory of God. That's how God created us to be. He wanted us to be little reflections of him, little images of him. Um, let us, he said, let us make man in, in our image and likeness. So amazing. I don't think he made any other creatures that, that exact way. Not even the angels. Just us, which is really cool, really an honor. It's like he wanted to make us his children, and he did. That's exactly what he did want. Anything that fails to glorify God is sinful. Wow. So that covers a vast territory, doesn't it? Because in this world today, there is a high percentage of things that fail to glorify God. And we know we walk and live in a world that's dominated by sin. So all fall, the word of God says in Romans 3.23 that all fall short of the glory of God. So what does this mean exactly? Well, picture an arrow shot at a mark on a target. The arrow falls short of it, doesn't even reach it. The mark for man to live, the mark, the target, is for man to live life to the glory of God. But the Bible says that all have fallen short of that mark in Philippians 3.14. So all these scriptures speak about the heart. They show what is inside all men. And all men means everyone and every human heart. 
And let me, it just occurs to me to mention, this does include Mary. She herself said that she needed a Savior. She acknowledged it by calling Jesus her Savior. And it, uh, if you don't believe me, you can look it up. I don't have the reference verse in my mind right now, but um, it is definitely there. And as an ex-Catholic, that was really important to me to know. I didn't give up the worship and prayer to Mary very easily. But amazingly enough, as I sought for the Lord, I always have a, had a heart for God uh, and a one-to-one relationship with him, even as a Catholic. And I was led, just my spirit, I never wanted to really pray and, and worship Mary I more wanted, I wanted to go directly to God. And I think that was the Holy Spirit because that is actually the biblical way. And the uh, worship of Mary and the saints is not biblical at all. In fact, it's anti-biblical and it actually is a form of necromancy, which I know that's a shock to, to uh, you dear Catholic people because I was a staunch, devoted and very interested Catholic. And I know your heart. I understand it very much. But what is necromancy? It's when you seek to talk to the dead and contact the dead. Well, even if they're good dead people, they're still dead people. <laughs> and you're still trying to talk to them and contact them, aren't you? So God's word forbids that because demons will take advantage of that and pretend and get in the place of that worship that prayer and give you false answers they'll get, they'll open that door into your life as says uh you're actually very it, you know god says my people perish for lack of knowledge and that's one of the driving forces that i is for me to do this podcast is to give you knowledge give you the facts that you need to not perish but to have abundant life and this is one of them. Don't be tricked into, into practicing talking to dead people. Even your precious relatives that you may have just lost. Please, if you feel the need to talk to them, just what I do is he under, Jesus and Father God understand how much you miss them, how much you love them. And just ask him to go give them a message. That's what I do. Sometimes if it's on their birthday, I'll say, Lord Jesus, please go give my mom and dad a kiss for me. Please give them a hug today for me. Please tell them how much I love them and miss them. That kind of thing. I even ask the Lord to have all my pets in heaven, but that's just me. (laughs) And uh, I don't see why he wouldn't because we know the Bible talks about animals in heaven. So why wouldn't he give you something that he knows make gives you joy you know he loves us and he withholds no good thing from us and every good and every perfect gift comes down from the father of lights and who's in whom there's no darkness at all neither shadow of turning that's one of my most favorite verses i think it's so beautiful and uh, one of these days i want to do an artwork that reflects that verse Um, i have it in my head i can see it and someday, someday when the time is right, I want to do that. <coughs> By the way, 
If, for those of you who don't know, I'm an artist. And if you'd like to support my ministry, you can purchase my art or prints of it or little gifts made from it. And my website is julianpalumbo.art. And I have a little Etsy shop that I haven't really got going yet, but um, you can, uh, it's called Julian Palumbo Art. <coughs> you can look me up on Etsy. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean for that to go into an advertisement. I really went down a rabbit trail there. Praise you, Lord. Um, help me to get back on track. So we just said all men fall short of the glory of God and we all have sinned and uh, God's word says that we all have fallen short. Not one man has has made it to live a perfect life other than Jesus Christ, who was not just a man anyway. All the scriptures I just said speak about the heart and show what is inside all men. All men means everyone and every human heart. Not all these sins are committed by all men, but the seeds of all these sins are found in every human heart. So we don't carry them all out, but the capability is there. Two things work together to decide whether these seeds grow into sin in a person's life. The first one is the limits of a person's moral nature. So how moral or immoral you just basically are as a person. And number two, the people and places in your life. We commit sin by doing something that God forbids. We also sin when we omit or refuse to do something that God commands. So you can do some. You can sin passively by not doing something or actively by doing something that God uh, forbids. We are just as guilty when we do not do what is good and right. Okay? And that's pretty big. When you're confessing and repenting in your prayer closet, remember that. Remember to confess your weaknesses and your failures to the Lord and help you to ask him to help empower you to to start doing these things that he wants us to do. Read Matthew 25, verse 3, verse 25, and 45. They were all condemned for what they did not do. And um, that's the uh, story of the foolish versions in Matthew 25. The unfaithful steward is another one. And the goat nations. So let me just turn to that. So just for an example here. uh, When Jesus says, I'm going to just read you this little bit here. This this is Jesus' own words talking. He will also say to those on the left hand, this is starting at verse 41, chapter 25 in Matthew. He will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. 
I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? When? Then he will answer them saying, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into eternal life. So those are sins of omission or things that we failed to do. Excuse me. So there are two different places. Number one is hell, also called Sheol or Hades. And that is a place where departed souls go before the resurrection and the judgment as talked about in Luke 16.23. And then there's another place called Gehenna, or the Lake of Fire, and that is the place of punishment after the resurrection and the judgment, mentioned in Revelations chapter 20, 12 through 15. The Lake of Fire is the final place of unending torture for wicked people, and fallen angels. So before the the um, white throne judgment, uh, departed sinners will go to a place called Sheol or Hades, and then they, everyone is called back at the judgment seat of Christ, and then they're given their final sentence to Gehenna, the lake of fire which was made for the devil and his angels, as Jesus said in verse 41 that we just read. It wasn't meant for people. It was meant for the devil and his angels. That's the third of all angels that decided freely to follow him in rebellion against God. So uh, that's a terrifying thing. and I really, again, recommend you read 23 Minutes in Hell by Bill Weiss, a man, a godly, very saintly, godly man who was chosen by the Lord to go through an experience so that to remind this generation that there is a hell and what it's really like. And I was almost traumatized by reading that book. It was terrifying. And just thinking about it now, my mind just turns from it because, but I felt the I knew God wanted me to read it. He gave me the grace to read it and to really absorb that that place is real, that that's where we're all going if we don't take Jesus' uh, sacrifice on the cross as our payment for our sin and we don't turn over our lives to him and make him the Lord and master of our lives. And we walk in the light and obedience to him. That's why Jesus said, Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the path that leads to life. Not many people are going to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and make him Lord of their lives as compared to the vast majority that Jesus even says will be lost 
because people just don't want to do that. <laughs> they don't have a heart for Jesus. They don't have a, a heart for God and they don't want that. They want to do things a different way. They want to do things. There's millions of other paths, but narrow is the path that leads to salvation. So we can just be so grateful every minute of every day that we know the Lord and that we are saved, that we are born again. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so continuing, um, both fearful and unbelieving people are condemned. How about that? If you're fearful and unbelieving, you're already condemned to hell. That means to hell. How many seemingly religious people will be included in that description? Fearful and unbelieving. If Because why is God say fearful? Because if you are, are one who does believe, then you won't be fearful anymore. Fearful is like a red flag that you're unbelieving. You see, so they go together. For a time, sin was covered by the sacrifices of the law of Moses. Now, when, when, in the, when if you lived in the Old Testament times, your sin could be covered, quote unquote, by the sacrifices that pre-pictured the coming Messiah's main major sacrifice for all time, past, present, and future for all people. And if you believed that and appropriated it to yourself, then you could be saved. But by the death of Jesus, sin was put away forever, according to Hebrews 10, 11 through 18. Unforgiven sin does separate God and man. Isaiah 59, 2. Sin was put away by Jesus on the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Then the way was open for man to come back to God. Ah, those beautiful words. Any bars that now remain are on man's side, not on God's side. Faith is built on fact. The gospel or the good news is based on three simple facts that happened in history. That's right. To the uttermost in Hebrews 7.25 means completely. And this includes every need of every sinner now and forever. Wow, that's very inclusive. That means needs like family curses, personal curses, illnesses, physical, spiritual, emotional, mental illnesses, all types, every infirmity. Jesus is more than enough for everyone to the end of time and into eternity. Hallelujah. That is awesome. So we're finishing our, um, our quick study today. And uh, I hope that you were blessed by it and helped by it. And... Um, what are those three things that we can, that faith um, and the, I should say the gospel is based on three simple facts that happened in history. 
Well, we're going to talk about that next time. What are those three simple facts? So we're going to go through that the next time we get together. Thank you for joining me, new Christians. God bless you. And have a blessed, happy day.